I always say like I have an iron gut. Even during like when I was doing Iron Man, I could eat a ham sandwich and Fritos and like nothing would affect me. I'm Robin Sussingham and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm, The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. met Jenna Bell when I had her on WUSF's current affairs show, Florida Matters, to talk about the ketogenic diet. I really liked talking to her because she's smart and informed, but she's also funny with a down-to-earth sense of humor, which you need when you're talking to people about dieting. I asked her back to the zest to talk about some of the hot trends in food right now and what she thinks about them. Jenna Bell is here in the studio. Hey, Jenna. Hello. Nice to be back. Great to have you. (laughs) Jenna is a registered dietitian, a triathlete, a nutrition advisor, and senior vice president at Pollock Communications. So one of the biggest trends right now is eating food that is supposed to be good for your microbiome, which is your gut bacteria and the Mm -hmm. whole landscape of the bacteria living inside your gut. Um, like fermented food. Yeah, it's become hugely popular. And, you know, we do a study every year at Pollock Communications with Today's Dietitian where we actually um, survey registered dietitians and ask them what the superfoods are. And so in seven years now, we've always had some sort of fruit and vegetable, you know, hitting the top five for what are superfoods, dark berries, and then nuts started to make appearances. And this past year, for 2019, in, you know, entering into 2019, it was fermented foods, hmm. um, which I think is quite surprising and exciting because it's not easy to understand what fermented foods are. And so if we have consumers now looking for foods that fall in that category, that's that means that consumers, and I think we've seen this with with the millennials, that they're taking hold of their, their health um, in trying to find the right information, trying to seek out, you know, evidence-based, um, you know, sure, we're still getting a lot of, you know, misinformation pushed back and forth, especially, you know, as we could talk a lot about social media. Um, but fermentable foods as a way to improve gut health, I think is really exciting that we've, we're now focused on that. Um, you know, it started years ago in the scientific community to kind of explore, and microbiome is kind of a funny word too. It just is, means your environment, you know. Um, so the gut microbiome specifically, scientists have been trying to figure out what is in there. So the, there's been this large microbiome project that has been had multiple funding from the um, from the U.S. government as well as other um, private organizations, so that we can figure out what is actually in there. And the more we figure out what how it affects the rest of our body, the more the foods that we have available to us are responding. So food industry is actually responding to what scientists are finding in our gut. And, you know, it started with um, regularity. And, you know, we all remember Jamie Lee Curtis. And oh, and, Activia, and the yogurt. Right. right. Yep. Looking at um, what are the live cultures in there that'll be beneficial. So, it, you know, it's gone from digestive health Um, or I should say really just like being regular, um, all the way now to 
inflammation and um, disorders of metabolism and how it's going to affect our ability to fight off cancer. And um, so it turns out the gut isn't this silent highway. It's actually something that is um, quite live and active and affecting the rest of our, our systems, which is surprising. So what are some examples of fermented food that are popular right now? Um, kombucha, mm-hmm. that drink, the fermented tea drink. Right. That, and that is, it's fermented and it's fermentable. I think that, you know, we're most accustomed, we're, we're most familiar with yogurt. Um, as, That's as a fermented it, food? It's being fermented and kefir. So um, yogurt has live bacteria in it. Mm-hmm. So it's something that can be fermented in the gut. Um, we also have Um, kefir used to be something that's been on the shelves for a long time, but it's always been kind of in this little area of its own. And now there are several options of, um, you know, fermentable dairy that you I thought kefir was just kind of like drinkable yogurt. It is like drinkable yogurt, but it's fermentable. So it's actually the the process that you use to to make it is is fermentation. So um, it goes, you know, it it's, acts as a prebiotic as in a probiotic. So okay. it means it like feeds your gut. Yeah, I have a couple questions okay. because what? Okay, first of all, what what is fermentation? What's happening in those foods? Um, is it is there yeast in the food or what's right. what's the fermentation process? Is it like wine gets fermented? What's going on? Yeah, so it's in the most simple terms, it is a carbohydrate being consumed and. Um, a product that being produced that is um, beneficial to the to the gut. So when you take when something is fermented in the gut, it is feeding bacteria, and then small chain fatty acids are produced that are beneficial to other cells and other bacteria in the gut. So it's just like this. We thought that we fed our faces, but it turns out that our food breaks down to a level where it's actually being fermented or digested by um, bacteria that's in there, the sugar's being digested, producing other things. So that's what's happening in the food. The sugar is being eaten by bacteria. Or being eaten by yeast, an example of in the food. Yep, or or the bacteria in... Um, like in a dairy product, but your gut also um, does that. It continues it once you drink it or eat it? Once you ingest it, yeah. Oh, okay. So So it's like it keeps on giving. Okay, so (laughs) it's not just that the fermentation that was happening in the kombucha or the sauerkraut produces um, nutrients that are good for you. It's that that process Mm -hmm. of of fermentation continues Mm -hmm. In your stomach? In your gut. So something like, um, you know, if if you look at fiber, um, especially resistant starch, perfect example. So if we look at a grain, um, say a wheat grain, that has all wheat grains have amylose and amylopectin. And amylose is the sugar or the carbohydrate in a wheat grain that actually resists digestion. So you eat it. And your body can't do anything with it because you don't have the enzymes to break it down. It's um, So it, it, it continues through your gut, but when it hits your colon, it's fermented. So it's actually fermentable, and it produces short-chain fatty acids, which have been shown then to create a healthier environment in your colon and potentially decrease colon cancer risk. Um, and so this is a food that we've been consuming that we don't even realize is resistant to digestion 
and we didn't even realize that resistance was a good thing, right? So if something it seems can't bad be digested, if you can't digest. right? But actually, that's one of the benefits of fiber is being able to be um, it gets eaten into up. a different mm-hmm. area of your digestive system. Yep, it passes through your stomach, right, and then is digested in your intestines and produces other byproducts that are good for your health. Okay, not just gas and bloating. Not just gas, yeah, <laughs> right, right, which it could accompany that as well. Yeah, you know. So what was that that you were just... Resistant starch. And so it's in like maize or like corn products. Um, We're talking, it's not as naturally, so corn maize, it has to be, um, you know, a traditional breeding, regular farming, but really selecting the seeds that are going to have a higher content. Um, There's actually, so there's a flour being produced um, by Bay State Milling that actually has a higher amylose content in the seed. And that's just by, you know, farming selections where you, like, pick two seeds and, you know, normal normal breeding procedures. It's not a genetic modification mm-hmm. or anything. We would never have to genetically modify wheat. It's going to grow wherever it wants to grow very easily. So this seed that they have actually has more amylose, and so it has more resistant starch. So it will actually produce more fiber in a product that you then put on shelves. Where it's not we, on shelf yet. Oh, I was going to say, where do we get that? Right? I know. It's not on shelf yet. Um, it's he- called Health Sense. And it's something, you know, I've learned about it at some of the, if you go to some of these expos that are um, ingredients that are cutting edge, not all of the ingredients that are cutting edge are already on your shelf. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like an advanced notice, kind of like looking at predicting trends for the upcoming year. Um, you know, there'll be food products at these expos that, are on the horizon. So that's not actually a fermented food. You're just saying No, but it is fermented in your gut. It's fermentable. So yes, ferme- yeah, so that's where it gets so, a little com- So a fermented food, sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, kombucha, um, pickled things, those are Any pickle pickles? I mean, just mm-hmm. um, Yep, pickles would would be a um, an example. So things that are fermented, but then just to make things more complicated, fiber and other foods can be are fermentable once they get gut. inside you. Yeah. So, what's the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic? Very simple. Pre is going to feed good bacteria. Probiotic is good bacteria. A probiotic is actually adding. So that's where like the the yogurts come in is that they contain. Um, you know, a lactobacillus would be the most common. So they contain a probiotic. So you're, the idea is that you're adding it to your system. What's so, an example of a prebiotic? Um, the resistant starch. So like fibers, things that can act like fuel to bacterial cells. Fibers. In your gut. Fibers typically are the most, are the, can be, are the most common. Some of the... Should um, we be taking Metamucil? Oh yeah, that's a good um, that's a good example too. You know, a lot of people do stand by that. I um, yeah, I'm not for or against it. I think it's a it's a good um, prebiotic op- option. My husband likes it. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what about um, he's not in his seventies or eighties. He's he's still only <laughs> forty. Right. So. <laughs> so what about um, uh, those probiotic supplements? You know, I th- those are have really come. A long way. They're now being tested more commonly to see what's in them because you know dietary supplements have always been since what was it 19, was it ninety six when um, the Dietary Health um, Supplement Education Act was released that said it's up to the consumer to decide what dietary supplement they want to choose. We're not going to regulate it. Um, you can't make these 
crazy health claims, but you you can sell just vitamin D, not say anything about it, and it's up to the consumer to decide if it's for them. So now probiotics and prebiotics are being sold, um, and they are now they're regulating themselves more because you know manufacturers are they're competing, so they're checking to see you know how many live um, bacteria do they have in it, and now they're sourcing it from different places. So some of them is um, some of them are most of them are food based, but some are from um, even like soil based. So looking at like soil based organisms, um, and so it's it's really running the gamut. It's it's very interesting. Again, that's one of those like innovations um, that is on the increase as well. The, and not for everybody. And yeah, not I mean. Pro and prebiotics, I don't, it's, we can't, it's not a prescription yet. You know, we can't say that it's, we think that, you know, gut health is important for everybody. But how you get there isn't like right. one one decision yet. I was just, I mean, because um, you, I had only heard great things about probiotic supplements mm-hmm. that, you know, they were so helpful. But then I started hearing of people who that really, didn't feel well after taking them. Mm-hmm. Like so a, a, I didn't hear about. I I didn't know that could happen, but it can. So some of the like a FODMAP diet, which is like a like oligosaccharide fructo oligosaccharide intolerances, so that they're actually getting a pretty powerful prebiotic, but it causes such extreme stomach upset to these particular people that they have to uh, they have to avoid it. So there is some, um, you know, like I I have I I always say like I have an iron gut. Like even during like. When I was doing Iron Man, I could eat a ham sandwich and Fritos and like nothing would affect me. Um, but I think for a lot of people, they, you know, they change their fiber source and all of a sudden they have bloating and discomfort. So, again, back to the, you know, it's very personalized. If you figure out that maltodextrin doesn't, you know, causes gas or discomfort, well, that's that's who you are, you know, and you, you modify as necessary. So you um, have an iron stomach, <laughs> this iron lady. Um right. So what what do you eat typically? What did you eat yesterday? Okay, so I don't even know what today is, is what day of the week it is. <laughs> um, so my way of eating is I try to really base it on hunger. Um, I think that it's evolved. It's changed th- through the years. Um, I feel like my 45th year of life, I did start experiencing um, diet and like I couldn't handle my pasta the way I used to, you know, like I actually would see increases in body weight simply by eating the same thing I've been eating. So um, whatever that may be. So I've made shifts as far as quantity is concerned. I do. You're eating less. I'm eating less. And you're not eating till you get hungry. And yeah. So it's like what time of the day? it, it, It varies. So I do. I enjoy intermittent fasting. So I like having blocks of time where I'm actually not eating. So I will I will get up. I think yesterday. Um, well, I'll give you like a typical day. So if I'm going to work out in the earlier in the morning, um, I'll have a, maybe some coffee. Um, I like this. Um, I like this beet juice powder. It's um, so it. <laughs> Helps with vasodilation and blood flow, and I really like the taste of it. Um, Wait, is that instead of it's coffee a powder? No, I use I drink it with the coffee. So you put it in your coffee? No, no, separate, two separate things. Two separate things. Yeah, but that would be so beet though. juice. Yeah, so but not I use it's like a beet juice powder. And you add water. And I add water to it. And then you also drink. And I work out. So and then maybe I'll have some just a little bit of coffee, um, and then exercise. I always 
you know, if I'm doing like a lift, like strength training, I make sure that I have carbs and protein afterwards. Um, although I've been cutting back on the carbs because I feel I've gained, you know, a little bit of weight over the past couple of years. So I'm now, you know, all of a sudden I'm like general population where I Doesn't don't just I, stink. I can't just go by what the nutrition education mm-hmm. informed mm-hmm. me of. So now I'm like playing with things. So yesterday, so I do eat a lot of chicken breast. Um, last night I had, I had made a um, Indian, like a butter chicken. So I had that, but I didn't have any grains with it. Um, I want to try that. Not a, it's so good. Where'd you get the recipe? You know, I use Pinterest a lot. Uh-huh. I just look up, just I just it. look at the ingredients I have in my fridge and then I... But then I like to play with things like I made the best French omelet the other day, and I feel the eggs are very challenging. What's a French to, omelet? So you don't get that, like, crusty on the edges like of a normal omelet. It's like you, you heat up the pan, then you put the egg that you've um, whisked but not with milk in it, and then um, it doesn't – you don't get all the sticky – Extra and I'm I'm not a chef, so there's probably culinary experts out there. Wait, that you are didn't just rolling put milk? In, did you put water in your egg? What did, no, I just whisked it, and then as soon as I put it on the the pan, I turned the heat off, and then I put ham and Swiss cheese on it. Um, I eat so many like a lot of vegetables, so like I love pasta and veggie sauces. Um, but sometimes I'll just do the veggie sauce. So I have like chunks of tomatoes and zucchini and onions and green peppers and red peppers and sausage. And I put like Parmesan cheese on it. A lot of Parmesan. I do eating. that too. Yep. And well, I now just, that I don't eat pasta anymore, I just eat yeah. that part. Yeah. yeah. And I, well, I think it's... But I put cream too and Parmesan. I do like a little cream. Yeah. But not always though because I really like the strong acidic taste of a tomato. And so sometimes I'll eat pizza. It's my favorite food for sure. I love when the but, tomatoes get the cream red. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I made funny. a um, an Indian soup, an Indian like spiced soup. I've been doing that a lot lately, looking turmeric and um, cumin. But there's yeah, tomatoes and cream. There's something else. Oh no, it's coconut milk that I did with it, like oh. coconut milk with um, tomatoes. So um, I watch my the amount of food though. I um, yeah, I felt like I could get satiated when I was younger. Um, like I could eat to full and just be normal um, body weight, but it's it's creeping with my age each decade. So I now have to. Now, not. how many calories do you think you eat? Um, do I you don't keep track? think I can eat. No, gosh, no. I don't either. Never. No, I look for a different like variety of things. So I think you know, have I eaten any? Like today, I had um, I actually fried an egg in uh, butter, and then I had the Ezekiel bread. I love the um, sprouted grains, and I put butter on that as well. And so later I'll have – I had made a farro soup with edamame, um, it's like soybeans and um, veggies. Um, actually, I put a bunch of tomatoes in it, and then I took this leftover sausage and green, red, and orange pepper dish that I had made, and I put it in the soup. So I eat soup all the time. Love you, soup. We're going to get a recipe of your soup. Oh, it's that. just like How just keep that? tasting it. Oh, you don't have a recipe? Like, do you use a recipe? No. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I always just taste it. Um, but look on Pinterest. But <laughs> look on everyone. Look on Pinterest. <laughs> right. if you want the recipe? Um, so, what's your big splurge? Um, you know, I mean, if I could like pick a a, a best dinner, I like to go to. Do you ever go to Noble Crust? It's on like 92nd and Fourth Street in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. And we share the um, – oh, it's a rigatoni, but it's um, 
oh, what is it? It's not a bolognese, but um, a like a, a beef short rib ragu on rigatoni, and they take dollops of burrata and drop it onto the dish. Oh so, so beautiful. <laughs> and then we have the country ham pizza, which is a like a brick oven pizza with they, they put enough cheese on it. That's really evil, I think, when a pizza comes with not enough cheese. Um, and <laughs> and country ham. And I can't remember what the other. It's a veg, veggies toppings other than that. So pizza and pasta. I mean, truly that. I mean, I love, I eat a lot of Asian food. I love Vietnamese food. I'm always searching for a better boon. But um, I love pizza and, and pasta. So that's no, my. Who doesn't? And I have no interest in desserts, which is... Really? Yeah, see, to see, me, I see the word changed. splurge, and I think you mean mm-hmm. coffee, ice cream, and No, we take the we go out as a family and... to, for ice cream. And but you I, don't care I about I don't dessert. even eat it. I don't even care. Okay, is that a change in you? Did you, like, cut back on sugar and then lose interest in desserts, or have you always been... I mean, some people like yeah. salt, and some people like sugar, I think. I've become much more savory with age. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe before 40... I could have. I was interested in desserts a little more, um, and then I started moving more towards like the creamier, like a custard dessert that I preferred. Um, and now I just, I nothing it. There's no chocolate or candy that you could like put in front of me that I need to consume. Although I do love oatmeal Are you human? date cookies. You like what? Oatmeal date cookies with date? walnuts. Dates. Yes, I love dates. Do you have a recipe for that? Yes. Okay, I do. there we go. It's from my mom. So that's oh. what I, I really like those. But so it's oatmeal date instead of oatmeal raisin. Right, right. Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. You know, I also would like a, a bagel the size of my head, though, with butter, <laughs> um, uh, veggie cream a salted cheese, bagel? tomato. No, no, I like a, probably an onion bagel or even mm-hmm. sesame with butter, veggie cream cheese, sliced tomato, and then you put provolone on it and you bake it. Yeah, that's There's a good. recipe for you. Do you ever eat that? Or I is haven't that in a while. Like, that's your splurge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, I guess so. I don't really carve out any time to splurge. You just kind of go with the flow. You just work out and eat your beet juice. Right. No, <laughs> no I am not clean like that. No, and I've, you know, I've switched from wine to doing a little vodka soda, just like my OB told me to. Really? Because yes. wine, red wine is low carb. I, I learned know, that I when I like flirted with the keto. My belly now. Oh, I've been working out hard nonstop, and yet my my weight increased. That's what I was telling Delia. You can't lose weight by working out. Oh gosh, no, no. You can burn more calories with your muscle, but for sure, it's going to make you hungry. Yeah, hunger. So what it. we should do is sit still. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and and put water in our beet powder. Yeah, that's it. Or you know, I used to work in nutrition support, which is all parenteral, like t- you know, either tube feeding or right, you know, venous feeding. So maybe that's the answer. Tube feeding. Once ourselves. we get to a certain age, okay, we have now- to put in a peg. Oh my God. <laughs> You're depressing me now. I know, okay, Jenna Bell, thank you so much for being you. being here. Thanks. Thanks. That was dietitian, nutrition advisor, and triathlete Jenna Bell. We've got her mom's oatmeal date cookie recipe at thezestpodcast.com.
thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes and please subscribe. We've also got a great newsletter with cooking tips and recipes and links to our stories. And you can subscribe to that through our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Cologne and I produced The Zest with help from Megan Trimble, Mark Hayes, and Craig George. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. <laughs> <laughs>